Before we jump in, a note on our content. We talk about porn in this episode. We advise listener discretion. We think this is an important topic, but we understand it's sensitive. Totally cool to skip this episode if you don't feel comfortable listening to this content. Honestly, I think it's the biggest way I could explain it. Yeah. I, I can just be who God's called me to be without having to worry about what people do or don't know about me or my past or anything like that. Yeah. It's not something that I keep in the dark or in the secret because that's where the devil does his best work. It's the Wild Youth Podcast. We're the youth ministry of Eternity Church. I'm Caitlin. This is Ian. Yo. Clara. Hey. And Tyler. What's up? We're discussing topics we wrestle with, creating a faith that is our own. You'll hear other special guest perspectives as well. So buckle up. It's going to be a wild ride. Wow. I see what you did there. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Wild Youth Podcast. Awesome. We have a special guest here with us tonight, Pastor Sean. Hey. He is our Adel campus pastor. Whoop, whoop. He's been with Eternity for seven years. Seven and a half years. Seven yep. and a half years. He has a wonderful family. And any other facts about Pastor Sean that we need to know now? Right now? Right now. No. No. Okay, cool. Okay. Tonight we're talking about pornography. And just to go over some facts that are honestly eye-opening for those who are listening, here we go. Let's go. Yeah. So, 8, 8, not 9, not 10, 8, is the average age of first porn exposure. That's nuts. 94 of 94% of children will see porn by age 14. Wow. Um, 45% of practicing Christian college women watch porn. Wow. So it's not just a guy thing. It is a woman thing. And I think that's something super important to get out of there mm-hmm. um, right off the bat. 87% of porn users report living with shame. Mm. Time to break that off. Amen. And last fact, some of us are not married yet, but 50%, 56% of divorces are attributed to attributed, attributed, attributed. to a partner's porn habit. Wow. Don't make fun of me. Okay, so knowing all of that stuff and having it being completely eye-opening, we're just going to have just a conversation about, you know, what does pornography look like for our teens and why Why is it, why are they struggling so much with uh, getting freedom from that and shame, um, freedom from shame, mm-hmm. and um, how it affects you personally around if you're watching it and those people around you. Mm-hmm. Um how does it ruin your relationships? And those are just a few things that we're going to talk about. So let's dive into it. Let's go. Yeah. So I guess maybe we should just have you share a little bit of your story. Sure. And then we'll just maybe from there we'll go for questions and then we'll just kind of open it to like a broad thing of like, you know, what does it look like and, and all that stuff. So yeah, take it away. Awesome. Um, I started looking at pornography when I was very young. I remember being at my grandparents' house uh, in San Diego, and my my grandparents had this box that they got from Tijuana that enabled them to get every channel in existence. Wow. <laughs> and uh, I distinctly remember being told to stay away from certain channels Yeah. that I did, would have never known existed had they not said anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, curiosity, you know, mm-hmm. had to see what those things were as a kid. Yeah. And so I spent the next 15 years in a pretty heavy porn addiction um, until I actually, somebody helped me get counseling. 
and That's counseling awesome. is what what helped me kind of overcome that. I had I had waves of good seasons and bad seasons after I got saved, where it was like you know I was really on fire for God and I could um, avoid circumstances or situations where it would normally be a thing. Right. But I didn't really find freedom until I got counseling. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So since since being clean, since mm-hmm. not doing that, um, what habits have I mean have broken off of you? Like, yeah. How do you how has watching that affected your relationships versus how you interact now with people? Uh, I would say it. Uh, being free from it has definitely made me a better pastor. Uh, in one regard, because. I'm able to not filter everything through, does this person know my deepest, darkest secret or not? Yeah. Which nobody ever did. Yeah. But you can't help but think that way when you've got this big secret that nobody knows about. Right. And so now I can just help people without any preconceived thoughts that I think they might be having. Mm -hmm. Um, It's made me a better husband, probably more than anything. Um, That was something that took... Uh, quite a while for Holly and I to kind of get past mm-hmm. because it's when I was in the habit and in the sin, I never stopped to consider how it made my wife feel. Yeah. How it made her think, what's wrong with me that he has to go here mm-hmm. to experience something that I can't give him? Yeah. Uh, and that was never the case. Mm-hmm. It was just an addiction that I had. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't change how she feels about it. Yeah. And so since since being clean, um, yeah, our relationship's more real. Yeah. Like again, there's nothing really I feel like I have to hide. Yeah. Like if she's like, "What are you starting on your phone?" I just tell her because it's right. never something bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't drop all my apps and close my phone really quick. Right. She's like, "Oh, it's it's a funny article on Facebook." Mm-hmm. Um. It's much more freeing. Honestly, I think it's the biggest way I could explain it. Yeah. I, I can just be who God's called me to be without having to worry about what people do or don't know about me or my past or anything like that. Yeah. It's not something that I keep in the dark or in the secret because that's where the devil does his best work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. It's not a foothold. Since you have been set free of that, what yep. boundaries have you put in place, mm-hmm. um, if any, to help you not like fall back into that cycle or like fall back into, you know, doing that. Um, Actually, the pandemic's helped a lot, as weirdly as that sounds. My biggest struggle was being home alone. Yeah. And now Holly works from home. And so that's kind of something that is completely off the table. Mm -hmm. Um, I still have Facebook, but I won't get any other social media apps, Mm -hmm. which hasn't really been a problem per se. Mm -hmm. Um, It definitely had a few road bumps. Pastor yeah. Jesse really wanted me to get Instagram and TikTok and Snapchat and all that stuff because yeah. that's you know that helps grow our church. Right. And I had to respectfully tell him, "I'm sorry, I won't do that." Right. And so we compromised. Holly has all of those things, <laughs> and it looks like I'm posting things when in fact I don't even have Instagram yeah. on my phone. Yeah. And I never will. Mm-hmm. Um, because that was one of the things that I struggled with was, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're a parent out there, there's straight up pornography on Instagram. Yeah. And it's I mean, not hard to find Snapchat even as well. And yeah. like TikTok is just just as bad of mm-hmm. of having like thirst traps on TikTok and yeah. all that stuff. And like, I mean, it does portray into what you watch. So don't watch thirst traps mm-hmm. um, and your algorithm won't be that way. But even Snapchat of sliding over and like they have all this 
extra stuff. It used mm-hmm. to be just snapping your friends and that yeah. can have its dangerous things as right. well. Um, but having that like explore mm-hmm. tab or whatever where it's just like, you know, like porn at midnight or whatever. It was just, it's completely eye opening that that's now a main thing that like everyone has access to. Mm-hmm. It used to be some like frown, like, I mean, not frowned upon thing, but now it's kind of just like it was a, very hard to find. Yeah. Very, when I was a yeah. kid, you had to go to your buddy's house whose dad had magazines. Right. And now it's literally at everyone's fingertips. I could get to porn in five seconds if yes, I wanted to. Absolutely. It's not even hard. It's just crazy. Yeah. But there is something that you can put on your phone. I mean, yeah. number one thing, you can delete the apps, especially if you struggle right. with that. If you really need Facebook, like I need to have Facebook for yeah. the Adele campus and for church. Right. For work-related um, things, for but sure. But Holly and I share an account, which yeah. I've had buddies make fun of me for years for having a shared account with my wife. But I don't care. Yeah. I don't care what you think about my social media presence. Right. Because that's keeping me off of porn. Yeah. So if you think I'm a dork for having a shared Facebook message right. or account with my wife, I could care less what you think about it. Only person I have to impress is the Lord. So. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So think about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. One of the things that you can help prevent, well, not one thing. The second thing is, um, we mentioned it earlier, was the, not mentioned it earlier, before we started recording. Mm-hmm. Covenants, Covenants Covenant Eyes. eyes. Yeah. Covenant Eyes. I used to have that. It's really good. Yeah. So that replaces, it replaces your It replaces your, your web browser web on browser. your phone. Yeah. Or okay. any device, really. So if yeah. you like. So if you like, you have an Apple device, it replaces yeah. Safari. Okay. So you go to the web through Covenant Eyes. And it sends a report if you look at something malicious, I guess you could say. Yeah. It sends a report to an accountability partner. Wow. And I've had accountability partners before and I've held other people accountable before. Yeah. It's, it's a really good tool to be like, hey, if I look at something, they're going to know. Or if I yeah. turn the app off mm-hmm. and I put Safari back on, they're going to know. I'm be like, hey, why'd you turn Covenant Eyes off? Wow. Bro? Like, you only do that for one reason. That's good. You know? So it's a really good tool. That and uh, Ever Accountable, I think, is the other one that's yeah. pretty prominent. Yeah, they're they're sc- use, subscription yeah. based. You have to pay for them. Yeah, but small price to pay for freedom. Right, that's good. Yeah. So to continue with some more of our resources that we have, um, we have a couple of books that you can look into. Um, one of them is called Moral Revolution. That's a good um, one. and then two others that kind of go hand in hand. Thank you. Um, are every woman's battle and every men's battle, and anything that we just listed as far as resources will be in our show notes. So feel free to reference those and yeah. Very good. Yeah. So let's talk about what what porn looked like when you were younger and how, okay, not what it looked like, but yeah, maybe um, not. How, how it was portrayed when you were younger. Was yeah. it a big deal? Was it not a big deal? Like how, how was it portrayed? Um, it wasn't as easily accessible. Um, kind of like how we were mentioning earlier, you can't, you couldn't just go on your phone or go on the computer and find it. Right. Not every house had computers when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. A lot of them did, but a lot of them didn't. Mm-hmm. My house didn't. Um, yeah. I needed to go to a buddy's house or um, when my dad wasn't around into his room and look for things. Mm-hmm. And so it was much more um, hidden and exclusive. I specifically remember the first time I saw it. I was a kid at my grandparents' house and they had that channel. And it was really weird because my dad and uncle and grandpa told all of us cousins to go to go to bed upstairs. Mm-hmm. And I came back downstairs later and they were all watching it together, which I thought was 
really weird wow. and really confusing. Yeah. Um, but also really exciting because I liked what I saw on the TV. Yeah. And so it was a very strange situation for me. So it it was never something that was. I, I was never told as a kid that it was wrong. Yeah. If anything, it was encouraged. Mm-hmm. Um, that it was a good thing to explore your sexuality. I remember when Holly and I moved to San Diego after high school. Mm-hmm. We lived in the same house from an old family friend, but we rented two separate bedrooms. Yeah. And the lady wasn't uh, saved. And she thought we were really weird and encouraged us to only went, rent one room because it'd be cheaper. Mm-hmm. And you're sleeping together anyway. And that's when we told her, no, actually, we're, we're both still virgins. We're going to yeah. wait until we get married. And she could not understand that. It's like, why would you not just save money and have sex so you know if you're compatible or not? And we're like, well, no, we feel like God wants us to honor him by yeah. waiting until we're married. And she, it just, she thought we should just go ahead and do it. So that way we know if we'd like each other in that way or not. That's crazy. And it, that's... I just remember being, that was so weird. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it was really encouraged, if anything. It wasn't talked about as something that should be avoided it's right participated in and to the max even yeah yeah that's crazy like one side comment that it's that's like the number one thing of like people wanting people to get 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 together like share a room or Mm -hmm. move in together is like well how do you know that you're gonna like him after you get married it's like why is it always a sexual thing of like Oh, like, mm-hmm. you know, you're, what if he like leaves his toothbrush out? You know, just weird things <laughs> right. like that. And it's like, I think you can handle it. If yeah. you can, if, if you can't, you have bigger issues. Right. You know, of all that stuff. But to bounce off of having that boundary and that uh, like rules kind of set in yeah. place. Um, I want to talk about even dissecting like the intimacy and mm-hmm. like what really is wrong with, with porn. Like there is. Yeah. So like having that desire of of finding someone attractive or like thinking someone is cute or whatever is yeah. not wrong. No, not at all. No. Um but then using those actions to further that and tap into the I mean to watching that, that's where it becomes a problem. Yeah. And we can kind of backtrack to where like how it's not okay, I mean how it is okay to find someone attractive because mm-hmm. God created intimacy. Right. And how it's, but he created it for it to be met between husband and wife. Exactly. And not between everyone in the world. Yeah. For everyone to see. Okay, so we talked about being attracted to someone without thinking that they're attractive. So that's kind of similar to the thing that you just said. So what are our thoughts on that? I think that has highlighted something that like, even I struggle with of like not being able to because it was always a quick thing. Like I could find someone attractive and then immediately like want to like go sleep with them because that's kind of just how like even in college, that's how it was. It was like, Oh, you've, we both find each other attractive. Well then we like obviously have to have sex now. And that was something that like, that's why in the relationship relationships episode that I still kind of struggle with that of separating the two of being like, I can find someone attractive and find like qualities about them attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean I like want to go jump their bones. Can I say that? <laughs> I think you can say that. Yeah. Okay. And that's a really good point. Like you can appreciate uh, the beauty of something yeah. without wanting to marry that thing or right. Like you said, jump and go after yeah. that thing. Yes. Um, it's, it's two separate, completely separate things. Like you and I both have a shared love of new girl. 
Yes. That doesn't mean I want to go marry you right now. Right. Because we both That's love good. Girls. That's good. It's totally separate things. Right. Um, and, and I think that's one of the things that is hard for young people, uh, separating the, the fact that they're attracted to a person because of an attribute they have, whether it be physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, whatever. Yeah. And then saying, okay, now I want to spend the next few months or the rest of my life being attached to this person mm -hmm. because of that one thing. And I think that is the intention or ought to be the intention, at least, of, of dating or courting somebody. You're trying to find the characters and the qualities that you like about somebody. And if it doesn't work out with that person, it's not the end of the world. You're 14. You shouldn't probably be dating at 14 anyway. Right. Like you're looking for what is something that you are attracted to as a person. Mm -hmm. and, and nobody is going to fulfill that 100% to the T. Yeah. And that's part of life, just learning and growing together and figuring that out about your spouse, your, 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 your other, um, and, and living life and doing that together. It's, mm -hmm. it's exciting. It's fun. Yeah. That's awesome. On that topic, yeah. let's talk about how does it, how does porn ruin relationships? Yeah. All types of relationships. All types of relationships. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, the biggest one was my spouse. Mm -hmm. um, you, you lose a sense of trust there when they discover that you've been doing something behind their back mm -hmm. that um, makes them feel a certain way about themselves. Yeah. Whether intentionally or unintentionally, it, Mm -hmm. It ruins that trust and you've got to earn that back. So yeah. um, we kind of talked earlier about how it, it made her feel less than or like she wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. And anytime I ha was alone, she would ask, you know, how have you been doing with this? And she genuinely wanted to know to help me. Yeah. But it also hurt her having to ask the question. Yeah. Because it brought up all those same feelings and, and, and hurts. Yeah. And so we basically had to start not from scratch or at ground zero because we've been together for 18 years. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but we did have to rebuild trust from scratch. Yeah. And that was the biggest thing I think that hurt us the most. Um, for, for my parents, my parents didn't really know. Um, mm -hmm. I'm sure if my mom knew she would care, but she didn't know. Yeah. Um, I don't think my dad would have cared either way. He probably would have encouraged it. Mm -hmm. um, it definitely hurt friendships because times when I could have been hanging out with them at their house or, or doing stuff after school or whatever. And I mm -hmm. want to rather be at home doing nothing. Yeah. That was a big problem. Um, yeah. I think that's probably the, the biggest thing was with, with my significant other. And, and even if, you know, obviously this is geared towards teenagers, but mm -hmm. that, that issue of, well, I'll just quit this when I get married. No, you won't. No, it's not that easy. Yeah. It, the problem with porn is that it, it literally trigger, triggers dopamine in your head yeah. that that is an addictive substance. Yeah. You ha once you have it, you have to have more of it. Mm -hmm. And in order to get more of it, you have to look at crazier and crazier things. Yeah. By the time I was at the end of my addiction, I was looking at stuff that I would have thought was insane to look at when I first started. Yeah. Like, I'd never look at that. And 15 mm -hmm. years in, I was looking at that in way more, mm -hmm. way worse stuff. Because it takes more. It takes more extreme things to see to get mm -hmm. that same dopamine rush. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's literally a drug. Yeah. Which is why there's a really good website called Fight the New Drug. I was going to say, it's just so crazy how addiction works. Yeah. And how like it literally just taps into us like that right. and it's just consuming. That's why they talk about like how alcohol and, and marijuana can be like, not necessarily are, but can be like gateway drugs. Because yeah. once you get that rush, you want that more of that rush. Mm -hmm. And so then you try, you know, crack or, or heroin or meth or whatever. 
because you need more and more and more of that drug to get that same rush. Yeah. It's the exact same thing. I think there is that idea that like people who struggle with porn, it's not the same as struggling with the drug, but right. it literally does the exact same thing yeah. to your brain. There isn't, there just isn't a chemical, but it literally does the same things. Mm -hmm. So I think that's interesting that people don't think of it like on the same level, but yeah. it's just as it can take over your life just the same as, yeah, you know, like doing your heroin or something yeah. like that. Physiologically, it does actually stunt your growth in in your brain. It actually yeah. slows down your growth and able to mm -hmm. absorb and retain new information. Yeah, there's actually a study that talks about how um, teenagers, when they or children, when they hit puberty, mm -hmm. lose about half of their brain's capacity to absorb and retain new information. Mm -hmm. And when uh, their brain is fully mature, they typically get that back. Girls yeah. typically happen faster than boys because they <laughs> mature faster. Yeah. Um, typically, not always, but typically. Uh, but when you're in that phase and your your brain has lost part of its ability to absorb and retain information and make wise decisions, mm -hmm. then is when you're most vulnerable mm -hmm. to fall into that trap. Yeah. And believe it or not, the porn industry is more and more marketing towards younger and younger crowds because yeah. they know if they can get them at that age, they'll yeah. have them for a long time. Yeah. That's so sad. Yeah. So I learned this from just like past things in my life, but you can use up all of your dopamine and it leads to things like depression and like mm -hmm. just feeling like numb about life. Mm -hmm. There are things you can do to like get it back, but that is why people are like, oh, now I have to go do something even crazier because mm -hmm. it's like a thing that you can like use up if you're just like not being intentional about like mm -hmm. what you're doing with it. Mm -hmm. And God is good though, right? He can yeah. restore what we can't. Right, yeah. And, mm -hmm. and the devil wants you to think that you're in this deep, dark hole that nobody else experiences and just wallow in our shame. Yeah. When in reality, what do we say? 94% of kids by the time they're 18 will have seen pornography at least once. And yeah. I think it's 60 to 70% of guys are addicted to it. Yeah. And I think 30 to 40% of women are addicted to it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the devil wants us to think that we're alone and we're just not. Most yeah. If you're under the age of 20 right now, mm -hmm. you have seen pornography almost guaranteed. Yeah. And mm -hmm. 70, 7 out of 10 of you have, are addicted to it and yeah. can't stop looking at it. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem. Yeah. And the devil wants you to think you're alone and you're not. Yeah. So you got what, an awesome church that wants to help you. Yeah. So what do we do to help? Yeah. Like, wh how do we take the next steps? Like, how do, basically, like, how do, how do we become people who youth can just feel comfortable coming up to yeah, and being like, hey, I'm struggling with this thing. Can you help me? Like, how yeah. do we make ourselves like that? I, I think part of it is being vulnerable without being too vulnerable. Like, yeah. we, we shouldn't share or we shouldn't overshare with teenagers because yeah. that's inappropriate. Mm -hmm. um, but we do need, like, I've readily told teenagers that I struggled with pornography for 15 years. Yeah. I didn't tell them what I was looking at. I didn't right. tell them what I was doing after. I didn't tell them how many times I masturbated a day. Right. I just told them that I struggled with this thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that enables them to be like, okay, I'm not alone. I can't yeah. do this. Mm -hmm. And then encouraging them to tell somebody. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you tell me. Tell mm -hmm. somebody that you know loves you and will pray for you and help you. Yeah. Like if you just tell your buddy who's dealing with the same thing and mm -hmm. doesn't care, that's not going to help you. Yeah. Tell somebody who cares about you, who loves you, who will pray with you to help you overcome that. Yeah. Um. I told my uh, my youth pastor, I told my boss at the time, um, I've told lots of people, I had to tell my wife. Mm -hmm. Actually, when my wife found out, she said, now you've got to go tell your boss. And that terrified yeah. me because my boss was my mentor at the time. Mm -hmm. 
And I thought he was going to fire me. Instead, he sent me to get counseling. Yeah. And said, now go preach like you, somebody who received grace. And that was awesome. And I think that's the biggest thing is, is letting them know that shame doesn't have to hold them down, that there is grace, that there is freedom, mm-hmm. that it might take some time. God could supernaturally deliver you of that thing, 100%, totally could. That has not been my experience with this situation for most people. Most mm-hmm. people take accountability partners, take apps on their devices, mm-hmm. take, hey, from now until forever, I'm not going to charge my phone in my bedroom. Mom and dad, will you charge my phone in your room tonight? Yeah. I don't want this in my room when I'm alone. Mm-hmm. Our house, we don't allow our kids to have the doors closed when they're on their computers or devices. Yeah. Everything has to be done in the open. Yeah. Um, having accountability partners, having people that you know will pray for you. Yeah. It's, it's all huge. I think one thing that is important throughout all of this is like once you uh, tell someone like bringing it out into the light and not letting it take a hold of you and like live in the darkness of that shame is something that like the devil can't hold on to you. Yeah. Hold on to that. You're, you know, expressing to to that person who cares about you, mm-hmm. um, you know, what your struggles are. And so then once that happens, like it's just harder for the devil to kind of dig his, his call, claws mm-hmm. into you further and just be like, no, because I think it's super important to one say that you're not alone because you're not, mm-hmm. you know, those statistics that we've been sharing, like have very much truth into that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and if you're thinking like, this is literally like, I feel this way or, you know, you're struggling with that. You have like, we have a fantastic team who is here to like help you and talk to you about it and pray for you. Yeah. Um, and to not let that, to break those chains off of you and not let it, you know, hold you back and, uh, live a shameful life. That's just nobody wants that. Right. We part don't of it that. too, I think, is being a part of a church that will is is not afraid to say that something is wrong. Being graceful is sometimes telling the truth. Yep. Looking at porn and masturbation is wrong. Right. Because you can't masturbate without thinking of something that you shouldn't be. Right. Matthew chapter uh, five verse twenty eight. Actually, Claire, you want to read that now? Yeah. That seems like a good spot for that. Yeah. Okay. So Matthew five twenty eight is, but I say. Anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your eye, even your good eye, causes you lust, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Yeah. Now, everybody go pluck out your eyes. Right. (laughs) But not not really, really. no. Not really. (laughs) We do not advise what Pastor Sean is saying in this last five seconds. But what does that mean, though? Like, it means... Get drastic if you need to. Right. Do what you got to do to beat the thing. Right. Like you've said, like you, you know, you can't charge your phone in your room. Like, you know, parents or friends or whoever, Mm -hmm. like charge, I'm going to charge my phone in your room. Like create those boundaries and set, set that. Create hedges for yourself. Create hedges for yourself. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Go see Pastor Jesse's message plug for Pastor Jesse's sermon on on grace. Right. But yeah, just create. create, Yeah. Create those boundaries. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't gouge out your eyes. That's not. No. It's saying, yeah, set up those boundaries to like to help yourself not fall into, uh, fall into that. Yeah, and and don't let don't let the enemy because once you <laughs> once I've probably looked at porn thousands of times after I gave my life to the Lord, thousands, and after every time I thought I was the worst person in the world, and surely God couldn't love me anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's this vicious cycle of, God, I'm sorry, please help me. Oh, I looked at porn again. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm the worst person ever. How could you love me? And then I'd have an emotional or spiritual moment where I'm like, yes, God does love me. Yeah. 
oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm on fire for him. Oh, I looked at porn again. I'm the worst person ever. And it's just this vicious cycle. But eventually, you find ways that help you mm-hmm. overcome that, whether they're hedges or whether right. it's accountability partners or whatever it is. Yeah. You've got to find what helps you to overcome that thing. Yeah. Because if you don't, it's just going to keep happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it was, it was accountability. It was counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was knowing that I just can't have certain apps on my phone. Yeah. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Remember who you are and what you're called to do. Um, so like, who are you? What are you called to do? God made me to worship him and to focus on him and to do these things. So if you're in a moment where you're like not, um, where you think, um, sorry, I got a text and it distracted me. Um, like if being alone um, makes you like do the thing, then um, obviously you're probably not doing what God wants you to do because God called you to be around people and to talk to other people. So like go do something that will stop you from doing that yeah. or, you know, create the hedges like Pastor Sean said. Right. Uh, number two was recognize you're susceptible. Like you're not invincible. You're not Captain Green or whatever from what is it? Captain Planet. Captain Planet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, like that. even the <laughs> right. Um, like even like um uh, for example, like TikTok. You're like, oh, just watching somebody dance or whatever. And then now everything on your feed is girls dancing or there's traps like Caitlin said. I don't know who has yeah. a problem with that, but I'm just kidding. Which is side note <laughs> frustrating because I love Step Up the movie and that that whole thing. But that apparently is what leads to thirst traps. Is this pertaining to what you're saying? No, but I just needed to say it. Continue. I think thirst traps lead to thirst traps. But it wasn't a thirst trap. (laughs) It was just moose dancing. Number three, resist the urge to give in to your sexual desires. I mean, I could show you one, but I'm not going to. Um, So like resisting the urge is, like Pastor Jesse said it this weekend, last weekend. It was a weekend. I know that for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it was, we don't, you know, like we don't sit there and like we acknowledge it, but we like struggle through it. It's like, oh, I messed up. Ask for forgiveness. And then you keep going and you struggle through it. You don't like mess up. And then you're like, ah, and you just lay in it. And then you're like, well, whatever. I just accept this. I'm going to make a, f- a shirt out of it or a flag or whatever. Like you push through it and you resist it as much as you can. And, you know, everybody slips up. Like Pastor Sean said, thousands of times after you got saved. So it's like nobody's perfect. You're susceptible. Um, number four is run from sim. <laughs> I put sim. It's supposed to be sin. Run from sin and towards community. So run to your friends. Find accountability people. Find a counselor. Find whatever you can that is going to help you personally get out of this. Like uh, deleting apps, having that covenant eyes. Like the Bible literally says, he would rather you lose your eyeballs than like go to hell because your body means nothing. So like. Do what you have to do. Like, if your phone is what you watch porn on, get a flip phone. It's physically impossible with porn on that. Or, it's also cheaper. Yeah, per yeah. Per month. Um, and then number five was respond rightly. Instead of getting dragged down to, like, be proactive about it. Be like, yeah. okay, cool. This is going to do this. And, like, I'm thinking about it. Okay, boom. I'm just going to just, ah, I'm just going to run away or do something, like, immediately. It's almost like you're fasting that thing. And fasting is essentially just replacing something earthly for something godly, right? So, like, most people fast food. 
But if something comes across your brain, you're like, oh, I don't really want to go look at porn and masturbate right now. Instead, I'm going to go for a five-mile run. You're choosing to go run or go pray or go worship or whatever in place of that thing. And I think the other thing, too, is, is it's for parents to realize, because most parents my age, 35 years and older, I'm going to be 39 this year, whoop, whoop. don't realize how prevalent it is now. Yeah. They grew up when it was so hard to access. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it wasn't hard to access, but it was hard for a majority of the world to access. Mm-hmm. And what they don't realize is that if your child has a smartphone, there's a greater than 50-50 chance that they've seen pornography. Yeah. And that, that I think the statistic was of, of minors, so under 18-year-old people, yeah. yep. 22% of minors who look at pornography on a regular basis are 10 years old or younger. And that's it's crazy. insane. That's yeah. my daughter. Right. She's 10. That blows That's, my mind that yeah. she would be looking at that. Yeah. And, well, she doesn't because she doesn't have a smartphone well, or device. Even but thinking of, we like, we all know eight to 10 year olds and having yeah. them think about having them be exposed to that and even having like access to that immediately, like that just baffles it and blows my mind. Go punch a porn producer in the face. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, but yes, that's, uh, as Pastor Jess says, I'll, I'll stab you. Yeah. Yeah. I will throat punch someone. Yeah. So thinking of like how angry, well, I guess how upsetting it is to know that eight to 10 year olds, like that's the average age of, of first being introduced to porn. First exposure. Yeah. First exposure. Yeah. Um, first mm, is re- listening to a podcast um, from fight the new drug. Mm-hmm. Part of their statistics is how like porn leads into, um, sex trafficking yeah and how it like impacts um sex trafficking shares a variety of symbiotic 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 thank you connections to pornography like venom yeah even in the production even in the production of mainstream porn porn sex trafficking can still occur and it Mm -hmm. happens more often than most people think yeah so the fact of the matter is that sex trafficking in porn is much is a much bigger issue than most people realize according to cases reported to the national human trafficking hotline pornography was the third most common form of sex trafficking after escort services in in illicit massage businesses wow but the fact that like I mean, hearing that fact, I legit was like, if you can't stop watching porn for yourself, mm-hmm. stop watching it for what that for fact. For other people, yeah. For other people. The fact that it it leads that. It fuels um, sex trafficking. That yeah. alone, like they're not separate. They correlate and they fuel oh, each other. So think about that. A lot of the violent encounters on pornography are not stage or acted violent encounters. They're actual rapes or right. violent sexual circumstances yeah. and that's wrong right i mean okay. you shouldn't be staging it obviously but definitely shouldn't be participating in watching somebody else actually get raped no that is so wrong yeah for that i actually would stab somebody yeah 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 like 100 percent. like i'm not even kidding see somebody getting raped like i'm gonna yeah. go punch somebody in the face yeah. and stab them absolutely yeah yeah so what is porn doing to our youth and young adults mm. One, it's creating a, it's, it's not reality. When you're watching right. that, you're creating, um, I mean, maybe even standards of like what your future mm-hmm. spouse is going to look like or like what you guys are going to do. And, do. Yeah. yeah. And all that stuff and how that's actually not reality at all. Like your, your mind is being totally mm-hmm. twisted into something that's not, that's not true. And that's like one of the things, you know, 
that it's affecting. It's affecting your mind and how you portray other people. Like we've talked about how it affects your relationships, friendships, family, um, significant others. Like it just affects everything. Yeah. But to go into like what it's doing to um, our youth, what is something more? I think one of the biggest things that it does to our youth now is it robs them of future intimacy with their spouse. Yeah. Because um, part of learning to be intimate with your spouse is... Mm-hmm figuring the thing out together Mm -hmm. figuring out what for lack of a better term what arouses you what gets you excited what gets you going Mm -hmm. um and if i just do something because i saw it on my device a thousand times on my phone it's like oh girls like this so i have to do this Mm -hmm. what if she doesn't even like that and she's Mm -hmm. too afraid to tell you because you're so confident in it right and that just robs you the opportunity to learn that thing together yeah instead of Hey, this happened. Did you like it? No, cool. Let's try something else next time. We're married. Yeah. <laughs> we can do whatever we right. want. Right. You can just do whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and well, robbing of that intimacy is, I think, a big deal. Right. One of the things that's also used as is a coping mechanism. Oh, 100%. To like, you know, I mean, I have friends who, when they were in high school, their coaches, mm-hmm. you know, encourage them to just go ahead and masturbate and yeah. go ahead and watch this. And they'd rather, you know, you do those two things and get a girlfriend mm-hmm. and get distracted right. in case you would lose the game. Right. And so putting putting students like futures and mindsets mm-hmm. above or below, sorry, mm-hmm. below winning yeah. a championship is just, it baffles me. And the fact that it's so now easily used as a coping mechanism to, if you're stressed or if you're just, mm-hmm. you know, have bored and have mm-hmm. nothing to do, it's just like one of the things that people just automatically just go into. Yeah. And that's just crazy to mm-hmm. me that that's something that, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it definitely creates false expectations of what married marriage intimacy looks like. Doesn't look like that at all. I mean, they're two humans having sex, but apart from that, it's completely different. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like that. Yeah. With those stats that we talked about earlier, the likelihood that like our young teens are going to have to have a conversation with their significant other or their like future spouse like hey Mm -hmm. i've looked at porn before is like such a high percentage Mm -hmm. so like at some point most of you who are listening to this are gonna have to deal with that at some point yeah and that's hard because then you know almost automatically that you're gonna be dealing with self-esteem issues with depression with anxiety all surrounding this one topic that god's plan for all along was for you to not have to deal with yeah it's like mm-hmm. you've only ever seen one woman naked. It's your wife. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Super easy. But mm-hmm. no, we've perverted it with all this other stuff. God made this beautiful thing. The rainbow is a sign of grace and mercy. And it was beautiful and awesome. And the world perverted it to mean something completely different. Yeah. And it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, going back into how like it portrays just a certain intimacy, like even in, so college is when I was introduced mm-hmm. to porn and how like, that's just something as as a boyfriend and girlfriend, that's what you did. Or even just the yeah. person who you were sleeping with, like that's just how you did. And to to break that off or to like not even to look now how I've overcome it and like having this conversation now and even like conversations before um of being set free of like watching that stuff, mm-hmm. I now have like the confidence to talk to my future spouse and be like, This is something that I struggled with and i don't necessarily i don't have that shame anymore of being like no it is because it's part of who i was Mm -hmm. you know like i this is what i 
This is what I did. Check out this awesome victory I have. have. Yeah, yeah. I got the V. Okay, I won't say that. But anyways. (laughs) Got the victory. Victory. Yeah. But it was like, you know, I used to think like, well, I hope they also have that same addiction or they've they've also like struggled with as much stuff as I've struggled with. So that way we can somehow be equals going into that. Mm -hmm. But we are going to be equals. Equals. (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't help it. <laughs> I was also thinking the same thing, so it's fine. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> it was. <laughs> ah, this is so amazing. Okay, <laughs> because we'll both be saved, and then it'll yeah. just like you know, you're going into that. So, I think I how I'm kind of leading into this is just shame. Yeah. Like just break that off of you Amen. and don't don't let that, you know, be a hold of you. You don't have to carry shame into your marriage. In fact, mm-hmm. you shouldn't. Right. Um and let that just fall off of you. Um going into that. If you are struggling with with porn or any other addiction like just pray for that shame to just come off of you um or to just break off of you. Yeah. Um and I think that kind of leads into if you are struggling with this, what does it look like for you to acknowledge that you're struggling and how to how to deal with it what to do afterwards like kind of next steps type of thing so the first thing i think is to tell someone yeah that you're struggling with that Mm -hmm. and that someone looks like how did you say it earlier looks an awful lot like a youth leader yeah yeah somebody who loves jesus loves you um can be consistent in your life Mm -hmm. and somebody that can actually help too right like because if i if i'm dealing with this with somebody who's got no idea what I'm talking about, that's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. But if I know this person struggled with this thing too, mm-hmm. then I know that, and I know they have victory in it. Yeah. Then I know that they're going to know at least a way out, yeah. how they got out. And maybe that'll help me too. Maybe it won't, but at least right. they've got a direction they can send me. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. You know, love good. Jesus, loves me, consistent, and knows what they're talking about. Yeah. Do you think that um, you have to talk to somebody who has a victory over it? Or can it be somebody who's just more mature but still struggle? Yes. I think one or the other. Um, I think uh, it definitely needs to be somebody either either A, who's had victory over it, or B, somebody who really knows what they're talking about, like a counselor. Um, if it's somebody who is still in the thick of it, that person can help. Um, and it, it wouldn't hurt to tell them. Mm-hmm. but I'm probably not going to go to them for like, how do I personally have victory in this if you don't yourself have victory in it? True. That'd be more like a club than it would be like, you know. Right. Well, just like a, a friend to like, know, yeah. like you can keep each other accountable, but yeah. they're not going to, you're not going to be each other's number one accountability right. partner. You're going to have, you know, I mean, you don't just have one mentor. You right. have kind of like a, a few right. of them overhead of you. Yes. Yeah, that's why the counselor was so helpful to me because I had had, I had had, accountability partners before who are also struggling with it. But then they'd come to me and say um, something, the effect of, hey, man, I really struggled looking at this website this week. I'm like, great. Now I have another website as ammunition to go look at. Wow. Thanks, bud. You know, like that wasn't actually helpful for me. Mm -hmm. It might help you telling me that, but I don't want to know where those things are. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it it can be helpful. I think the the optimal thing is to have somebody who's had victory over it or like a counselor. Mm Mm-hmm. That's yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a good question. It is a good question. Yeah. Right. It's a good thing to like having friends who are also in the process is also a good thing too. Yeah. Like, hey, man, I did great, great this week. That's awesome, bro. Way to go. Right. All right. So as we close, we want to leave you with a challenge, like we always do, 
And that challenge is that if you are struggling with pornography, struggling with shame, struggling with whatever it may be, to tell someone. That may look like a youth leader to you. Um, That may look like someone who we just described a few minutes ago. Mm -hmm. So whatever it is that you're struggling with, we want to to know about it because we care about you and we love you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then on the other end of things, if you are someone who... Um, who isn't struggling with this, but one of your friends comes up to you and says, hey, I'm struggling with this, for you to not step on eggshells around them and be like, oh, that's okay. A lot of people are struggling with this. What you should do is tell them like, hey, let's pray right now. Let's go tell a youth leader together and like hold them accountable. Like Pastor Jesse said, during the rainbow culture wars, he said, we don't want to be the person who is just stepping on eggshells around someone who's ruining their life. Yeah. So we want to we want to give grace and truth at the same time. So yeah, so this week that would be a good place to start is with truth. Perfect. That is all we have for you. We want to thank Pastor Sean for spending the time with us to talk about this subject and to just bring awareness of yeah, of so many eye-opening facts yeah. about everything and just having this conversation. So thank you for yeah. being here. Love you guys. It was fun. That's a wrap. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Wild Youth Podcast. Check out the show notes for our resources we used in this episode. Also, if you are in 6th through 12th grade and live in the Des Moines area, um, you can come join us every Wednesday here at Eternity Church Clive Campus. So we start at like 6.30ish and we go till like 8.30ish. Uh, can't wait to see you. Follow us on social media at the Wild YTH. To learn more about Eternity or our next gen ministry, visit myeternity.com. This podcast was hosted by Ian Weber and Caitlin Steffen, written by Clara Michael, and edited by me, Tyler Ludwig. Stay wild. <laughs>